Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Once again, that is www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Enjoy the message. We all said together, amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Noah, the responsibility of favor. If I can turn your attention to Mark chapter 3, those two verses that we just read, Mark chapter 3 and verse 24 and 25, and Jesus says, if a kingdom is divided against itself, cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, it cannot stand. I love the Lord. Anybody love the Lord in here? I love the Lord. Back in the day, they used to say, I love the Lord. And if loving God is wrong, I don't want to be right. I love the Lord. Not only do I love the Lord because he hurt my cry, but I also love church. I love when we gather together. I love the fact that folk can come together across different generations, across different experiences. I'm glad that so many of us, different ages and different genders and different cultures and different experiences and different places that we're from, I'm glad we can come together. I'm glad we can tune in together. I'm glad that technology has allowed us to tune in together. I'm glad that right now this broadcast can reach around the world as a result of technology. I'm glad glad that you came together. I'm glad that you are able to sit in a service with somebody so that you'll know you're not the only one who's had a miracle happen in your life. You're not the only one that needs God and his intervention. You're not the only one that life may be attacking. You're not the only one that may be dealing with trouble. There's something about us gathering together and lifting holy hands together and praising God together, there's something about that that helps you to know that you're not by yourself. Almost nothing as disturbing or as distressing or depressing than thinking you're the only one going through what you're going through. But if you are facing a challenge, you're not by yourself. If there's somebody in your life you love that's sick, you're not by yourself. If you've got somebody to pray for, you're not by yourself. If you need prayer in here, you are not by yourself. If you need a miracle in this room, you have come to the right place. Somebody better talk to me in this hot room. If you are in a place right now where you're thinking, if God don't do it, it's not going to get done. If the Lord don't move, I need a miracle and it's happening now. When you come together, when you tune in and you see all the comments, when that happens, you realize you're not by yourself. You're not alone. I love the Lord. He heard my cry. I love gathering together for church. I love it. I've been in church my whole life. I was made to go to church. I went when I didn't have a choice. I went because I wouldn't get to eat if I didn't go. I went because my parents wouldn't let me live with them if I didn't go to church. I'm saved because they made me be saved. I'm saved because I had no choice but to be saved. 
and it taught me to love God, and it taught me to love church, and I love the kingdom. But I will say, as a church boy, as a bishop's son, as a fourth-generation preacher, I will say, as much as I love church, we have to continually strive to find the balance. Something about church, something about the Bible, something about the Word of God, something about the allure of the Spirit, if you're not careful, it can make you so spiritually minded that you're no earthly good. You can be so caught up in the spirituality of your moment that you miss the fact that there may be something practical that you're missing that is affecting and whether or not you are successful or not. Everything is not a demon. Oh, help us, Holy Ghost. Everything is not the devil. There's a lot of stuff that is the devil, but everything is not the devil. And if you come here and worship and praise and holler and we will call on God and ask for the intervention of God, but when we look at the Scriptures, I'm going to try to help you as best I can to acknowledge that you do have some responsibility when it comes to where you are in your current moment. And as much as the enemy may attack you, the Bible says that if we resist the devil, he'll flee from us. And so we have to acknowledge that some of what we're dealing with is us. Love God, but also you better love your neighbor. <laughs> Believe, but you better do some work because faith without works is dead. So as much as you believe God, you also better get up tomorrow. Praying on a Sunday is awesome, but tomorrow get up, take a shower, and put your clothes on, and go to work, go to school, read your book, do your work, because God is not about to miracle you a job that you are not skilled for. Matter of fact, don't nobody in here want a doctor working on you that it's a miracle that they're a doctor. Nobody wants a dentist working on them. Nobody wants anybody handling their money that says, I really don't know what I'm doing but God. We actually want qualified people to actually service us. So we have to be careful about our definition of favor. This passage, Pastor Al, we were just talking about it. This passage, this Mark 3, 24 passage, that if a house, if a kingdom is divided against itself, it can't stand. And if a house is divided against itself, it cannot stand. If you're familiar like me, and maybe you're not, maybe you didn't grow up in any of this, but I, I'm going to address this for those of us who were. Somehow, this passage of Scripture got applied to fighting demons. This was a passage that we talked about this passage, Pastor Tony, a lot when it came to binding a strong man, and it's because they're saying that Jesus is possessed by Beelzebub. So uh, somehow, because they're talking about Jesus being possessed by a devil, and then Jesus says, what are y'all talking about? I'm possessed by a devil. So what y'all are saying is that I'm driving out Satan by the power of Satan? What are you talking about? If a kingdom divided against itself, can I stand? 
stand. If a house is divided against itself, it cannot stand. He goes on to say in verse 26 that if Satan opposes himself and is divided against himself, he cannot stand. His end has come. In fact, no one can enter the strong man's house without first tying him up. Then he can plunder the strong man's house. For many of us, that passage was applied to binding the strong man. So that means you got to take, you got to bind the devil and you got to bind the demon and you got to bind. But I would like to suggest not to contradict any of its spiritual application, but I would like to suggest a more practical application of these words that Jesus is communicating. And I would like to suggest my brothers and sisters in the room and around the world for your consideration that the strong man that Jesus is talking about tying up is agreement. Jesus is saying that one of the ways to plunder somebody is to tie their agreement up. That you can't plunder a strong man's house without first tying him up. And so one of the ways that plunder happens one of the ways that death takes place, one of the ways that a people or a community or a group is destroyed or hurt or taken advantage of is that their agreement is bound. So Jesus is saying, listen, if anything's got to be loosed, it's got to be agreement. If we got to bind on earth and to be bound in heaven and loose on earth and be loosed in heaven, then agreement is something that has to be set free. In all of our praying for God to set stuff free, one of the things that we have to ask God to free is agreement. Because a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. A house divided against itself cannot stand. Let's not quickly move on and let's not replace the practical application of it by being overly spiritual in our reading of the passage. In essence, what Jesus is saying, and we talked about this a little bit last Sunday, but in essence what Jesus is saying is that agreement is required. Whether you saved or not, agreement is required. Whether you know God or not, agreement is required. I would actually contend that if you have agreement and don't have God, you may still have more power than people who don't have agreement and do know God. It's absolutely possible for somebody to not know God like you know God, have agreement, and have more power than you. As a matter of fact, sad as it is, it is possible <laughs> to be in agreement about something wrong and have more power than people that are in 
disagreement about something right. Oh, my Lord, I'm just going to move on really quickly. But what I'm saying to you is whether you're in the room or whether you're watching this around the world, you don't have to be saved. You don't have to be a Christian. You don't even have to be a kingdom person. You can take these words that I'm saying right now and apply them right now to your everyday life. You want to have power in your company? You're going to have to get people to agree. You're only going to have but so much power in your company if everybody's just scared of you and everybody's just submitting and everybody's just running for their life. If you really want to have power, agreement is the thing that is ultimately the point. you got to have agreement. You want to have power in your marriage? Well, it'd be good if you agree. Well, what the Bible say about submission? Well, submission only happens when you don't agree. And the Bible doesn't say that submission is empowered. The Bible says that submission is required when when agreement is not there. But if you want to have power and you want to have anointing, it'd be good to have agreement. You can have your children under your thumb as long as you want. But when they reach a certain age, they need to agree with you that it's time to come in the house. They need to agree with you that a curfew makes sense because you can only watch them but so much. And you'll turn your house from a castle to a prison if you don't have agreement. I'd much rather you be a king and a queen than a warden. And I have been both, hallelujah. But I would rather you be a king and a queen. The way for you to be a king and a queen is for your teenagers and your young adults that live with you to be princes and prince and princess. And for them to do that, they have to agree with the royal edict and with what makes sense. But if they have too much disagreement with you and are still going to live with you, then inevitably you will have to put them in in jail and you'll have to monitor them and watch them and chase them and track them down with life 360 and figure out where they are all the time because you can't trust them and you can't trust them because you don't agree together if a nation's going to have power it's got to agree Company's going to have power. It's got to agree. Nothing worse, nothing worse than having a business and got people that work for you that aren't in agreement with your goal. I was in a, in a store recently. I can't remember which store it was. I can't remember who it was. I, I don't want to say because I don't want to hurt anybody's business, but I tried to pay for my burger with a $100 bill, and they would not take my $100 bill. And I thought, y'all must be crazy. Whoever start, if you are in this room and you have a plan to start a business or you have a business that you are just started or you got a side hustle, if you are just getting it going, if somebody hands you a hundred, you holla hallelujah. You don't tell nobody. You have a policy where you don't receive money, legal tender. That is a sign that somebody is making a decision at a lower level that's going to affect the CEO's business. Let me just move on. What I'm saying is, is if you're going to have power in your corporation, you got to get your employees to agree with you. We said last Sunday, if you're going to have power in a church, a church is about agreement. 
a part of the reason why we worship and praise God and holler and sing is because we're all trying to agree that God is worthy to be praised. We're not here to be entertained. No, I'm going to say that again. We're not here to be entertained. This is not a show. We cannot compete for your show dollars. We cannot compete for your recreation dollars. Church cannot be a recreational show that you partake of to make your week better. Well, I need a witness in the building. We can't become such consumers that we miss the point of this. The point of this two hours is not for you to be impressed. It's not for you to be like, woo, they can sing. Believe me, we want to put somebody up here that actually can sing, but what we really want you to do is raise your own hands and open up your own mouth. I need to see a hand go up. And for you to put your own hands together and for you to think for just a second, you know what? God has been good to me. And for you to think, you know what? I do owe him my life. And for you to think the Lord is my strength and my shield and my heart does trust in him. Shouldn't be that hard for the people on this stage to get you to worship God because you're a walking miracle. I said you're a walking miracle. I said you're a walking miracle. I said you are a walking miracle. No, y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. I said you're a walking miracle. I said that if it had not been for God on your side, you don't know where you'd be. You better talk to me. If the Lord had not made a way for you, you don't really know where you'd be. If God had not done it, you wouldn't even be here. Many of you, you ought to be crazy. Talk to me. You ought to be out of your mind. You ought to be locked up. You ought to be jacked up. But God decided to make a way for you, but God somehow shielded your mind from what made everybody else in your family crazy. Some of you are the only sane person in your family, and it's not you, it's God. So when we come together, when you tune in, this ain't Netflix, baby. Put your spatula down in the kitchen and raise your hands and be like, oh, no, God, slap your babies and say, wait, 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 wait. We got to praise the Lord because without the Lord, we wouldn't have this house. Without the Lord, we wouldn't have this job. Without the Lord, you wouldn't have them shoes. Without the Lord, you wouldn't have that popsicle. Without God, we wouldn't have made it. No, I'm going to look around for just a minute because I want to see who's in the room with me right now because I know I got some white folk in here and thank you for coming. But black people, if it had not been for God on our side, we would not have made it. Your great-grandmama and your grandmama worshiped through her pain. Our ancestors only made it through slavery because they were able to gather together and lift up holy hands and say, God, I love you anyway. God, I love you no matter what they've done. Lord, I haven't seen my baby because they sold them. The only reason why your mama made it is because she had a little talk with Jesus and she believed that life would get better. 
And I don't know about you, but I believe life is going to get better. I speak it in the room while I'm trying to preach on Noah. What's coming is better than what's been. And let your grandmama shout through you. And let your ancestor praise through you. Y'all shouldn't have no real problem praising God in here. And... Y'all are some of the loudest people at the party, so don't you dare shout more in a club. Oh, my God. If you were the first one twerking, if you was the main one in the middle, if you was the main one backing it up, don't you dare give more praise to your flesh. I need everybody to say something really quickly. Stop acting like y'all are quiet. All right, you may be seated. I just want to make sure that we're able to agree because agreement is required. Church is only going to be as strong as how much we're able to agree. The reason why y'all are all facing forward and I've studied and prayed and fasted and talked to God to say something to you is not to oppress you with my theological acumen or my vocabulary or to entertain you in some way. Hopefully you'll hear something that'll bless you. Maybe you might laugh a little bit, but that ain't the point. The point is for us to hear something and say amen. Amen means so let it be, but amen and nodding also means, you know what? I agree with what this guy, this guy might be crazy, but he's making a good point. I agree with this. This is true because the point of church is agreement. We may not like the denominations. I grew up in a denomination, but part of the point of the denominations, we're a non-denominational church, but a part of it is they agree. You agree because agreement is required. Agreement is anointed. Agreement is not easy to achieve. Talk to me. Agreement is not easy to achieve. Anybody that's older than 10 knows that agreement is not easy to achieve. Everybody think they know what they're talking about, especially now. Everybody got an Instagram. Everybody got a Twitter following. Everybody got an opinion. Uneducated people that ain't never read a book think that they got something to say about everything. And so, getting people to agree together is not easy. It's not easy. Agreement is required. It's anointed. It's not easy. It's dependent on communication. We talked about all of this last Sunday. But one of the things that we did not talk about that I want to talk about now, even though I spent a bit of my time getting here, but that's all right. It's good anyhow. We didn't talk about the greatest agreement challenge. And one of the greatest agreement challenges is, you ready? You ready? Here it is. Agreement with God. Agreement with God. Greatest agreement challenge. If you think <laughs> agreeing with your spouse is hard, try agreeing with God. 
You think agreeing with your child is hard. You think agreeing with your mama is hard. You think agreeing with your daddy is hard. You think agreement with your boss is hard. You think agreement with the CEO is hard. Might I suggest to you that agreement with God is more difficult than we let on. Because to agree with God, we have to be ready to come to grips with some truths about God that I'm going to throw on the screens for you really quickly because I'm, I'm a teacher. The first thing that we'll have to come to grips with is the personality of God. I'm going to give you some peas. I'm a preacher. The personality of God. To agree with God, we have to come to grips with the personality of God. Keep looking at the screen. To, 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 uh, to, to have agreement with God, we'll have to come to grips with the personality of God. Thank you very much. Number one. Number two. The perspective of God. If you're taking notes, you can just jot them down. The perspective of God, number two. Number three, the purpose of God. Number four, the power of God. And number five, the predictability, or better stated, the unpredictability of God. We, are, we spend so much time thinking about our personalities and our perspectives and our purpose and our power and our predictability or unpredictability. We spend so much time focusing on your personality and your perspective and your power and your purpose and your predictability or unpredictability. Very rarely do we take a step back and actually acknowledge that God has a personality, and God has a perspective, and God has a purpose, and God has power, and God is predictable and unpredictable at the same time. One of the great challenges of being in agreement with God, one of the great challenges of walking in fellowship with God outside of church, one of the reasons why church appeals to people more than God. It is possible to be so religious you don't have a real relationship with God because when you decide to have a relationship with God, you have to deal with the personality of God, and you have to deal with the perspective of God, and you have to deal with the purpose of God. God's purpose may be totally different than your perspective. You have to be prepared for how unlimited his power is, and you have to be prepared for the fact that he is predictable and unpredictable. Most people become overly religious and not relationship because they want this to be a remote control. I don't know if you've ever been in a relationship with somebody or been talking to someone and you wish you had a remote control for them. I know I'm not the one. You just wish you could hit pause, God, and then go get something. That, you wish you could mute. I don't know if you've ever, just wish you could mute someone. I, I know you wish you could just fast forward through all this nonsense. You wish you could just back it up and play it again and hear them again. Unfortunately, people don't come with a remote control. If this message has blessed or encouraged you, feel free to visit www.worldovercomers.church podcast and learn more about WOCC 
or donate to the ministry. This enables us to continue to impact the kingdom in the best way possible. Your girl don't come with a remote control. Be amazing if she did, but she does not come with a remote control. Your two-year-old does not come with a remote control. That'd be amazing. If you could hit sleep, oh my God, you would be a happy somebody if they just came with a remote control. Beloved, if people do not come with a remote control, you can take this Bible and point it at God and think you can push buttons all you want as if you can control God with this book. Someone has tricked you into thinking that God is so simple that he can be manipulated by this book. You've got another thing coming. As a matter of fact, you've got to be careful because too much control of spiritual power is witchcraft. And I would contend that along with our spirituality, we were taught witchcraft. We were taught what to do and what to sing and how to chant and how to lay and how to light a fire. We're not doing rain dances to make it rain. We're doing Holy Ghost dances to get some favor. Because we were taught a God that we want to be able to control. And I need an honest believer in this room. And I need an honest believer watching me around the world to be able to admit. Anybody that's been walking with God for longer than five minutes will be able to admit you cannot control God. Can you please raise your hand? Uh, can you just wave at me and say, oh, yeah, Pastor Andy, I, I learned that there are some things I asked for and he gave me, and there's some things I asked for he did not give me at all. I can absolutely, I named it, claimed it, confessed it, believed it, conceived it, received it, believed. I did all the stuff they told me, and you know what? Where I am now is not where I thought I was going to be. As a matter of fact, it's even better. As a matter of fact, I'm so glad God did not listen to stupid old me. I'm so glad that I didn't use this like it was a spell book. This ain't Harry potter and you ain't got no wand at some point you have to realize this is an account of people that had to interact with the living god not santa claus not a robot the living god the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end a god that you talk to and pray to and believe in and trust a God that at the end of your prayer, you say, but if not, if it's your will, if you decide to do what I ask you to do, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. God, if it's possible, let this foolishness pass from me. But I want you to know if you got a better plan for me, if you look down into the future and you know what you're doing, God, I want you to know tis so sweet to trust you. And I realize that in all all of my praying, I'm not in control of you. I think it's hard for God to be in a relationship with people who are trying to limit him to remote control buttons. 
think that's hard. I think it's difficult. I don't know if anyone's ever asked you a question or suggested something to you that was so beneath you that you just thought to yourself, are you crazy? Are you out of your mind? I'm not even thinking like that. I think that God has a lot of interactions with us like that. When we look at Genesis 6, and we look at Noah, and I've never preached on Noah before. When we look at Noah, we have to come to grips with the personality of God and the perspective of God and the purpose of God and the power of God and the predictability and unpredictability of a living God. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, it says, The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. I know I'm not the only one saying, Help me, Jesus. Help us, Holy Ghost, for God to actually have a personality in which he's watching. I think this is one of the aspects of God's personality that we don't like to talk about a lot because it makes you nervous to know that he's watching. But God is watching. He's watching and he hears. Let's just let it marinate that his eye is on you and he hears you. I know I'm not the only one who has apologized to somebody, not because they deserved an apology, and not because I wanted to apologize, and not because I thought it was right to apologize, but because I know that God is watching me, and I know that God is listening to me, and I want God to be pleased, my God. I want the Lord to smile on me. And so I'm saying, well, Lord, maybe you put me in this apologetic situation simply because you want to see if I can humble myself. And then you said you resist the proud and give grace to the humble. So I'm going to apologize to this knucklehead person, even though they don't necessarily deserve an apology. What they really deserve is a kick in the head. But uh, I am going to apologize to them because, God, I trust you see this. I say it all the time. Lord, you see this? You see what they did to me? You see how they're talking to me? Now, Lord, you need to fix that. I don't know about you. I sit God on people all the time. I'm like, get him, get him, get him. Get them, Lord. On a regular basis, I'm like, Lord, you hear how they talk to your anointing? Lord, you hear how they talk to your child? Lord, you got to do something about this. I remember one of the first cars I ever owned, it was a hoopty. I can't believe I, it was so quiet when I said hoopty. Like, y'all don't know what a hoopty is. Let me explain hoopty-ness for anyone watching that may not understand hoopty as a definition. A hoopty is a car that is paid for. Oh, I need a witness in the building. A hoopty is a car that you only have liability on. 
talk to me. A hoopty is a car that you don't wash or wax because paint chips might fall off. A hoopty is a car where if something is rough, you get under there with a coat hanger and you tie your thing on there. A hoopty is a car where you have oil in the back because it needs a little oil all the time. A hoopty is a car that you don't play the music too loud because you need to hear what's going on with that car at all times. A hoopty is a car that's worth more to you than it is in the Kelly Blue Book. You look in Kelly Blue Book and they tell you that your car is worth $2,500. And you think to yourself, not to me. To me, this car is life itself. Your hoopty has got a name. You talk to it. Come on, Janet. You can get me there. Come on. You know we can make it. A hoopty gets you through. We owned a hoopty, and somebody stole my hoopty. Now, that tells you what kind of neighborhood you lived in. If you ever wonder, did Pastor Andy come up a little rough? I lived in a neighborhood where somebody stole my hoopty. It hurts your heart. Because there's no liability on it. They didn't steal it to drive it. They stole it for parts. <laughs> when your car is worth more in pieces than it is as a whole, it's a hoopty. I walked outside. Hoopty was gone. First words out my mouth was, Lord, they don't stole your car because I decided to give everything to God because if it's God's and somebody take it, then God must have to replace it. <laughs> and since it's a hoopty, I'm expecting an upgrade. I speak an upgrade over everybody and their hoopty in the name of Jesus. But what I'm saying to you is God is listening. God is watching. God sees thoughts and hearts. It's a tough thing about God. God don't just look at what you do. He look at why. God actually looks and sees that every inclination of their heart is evil all the time. It's one of the scariest things about God. One of the most difficult things about being in agreement with God is that you can't really fool him. You can't really lie to him. Because <laughs> he actually knows where your heart is. He actually knows what you meant when you said sorry. So when you get in the car, you have to have an honest conversation with him and say, now, Lord, I said sorry to them because I want you to be happy with me. But to tell you the truth, God, I'm not sorry at all. As a matter of fact, what I really want them to do is burn up in a funnel. But what I really want them to do is lose everything. You have a real relationship with God. You can't lie. I've actually said to people, you need to be careful with how you deal with me and how I deal with you because my mouth will say, oh, I'm praying for you, but my heart is a whole nother thing. I wish I had a witness in the building of somebody that can say, my mama taught my mouth what to say, but my heart is different. 
My mama taught my mouth to say thank you, but my heart was not grateful. My, my mama taught my mouth, to, my mouth to say, hope you have a good day, but my heart said, hope you trip. I was taught to be polite and say, oh, good for you. And on the inside saying, get them, God, get them. You know they nasty. You know they stink. God don't like ugly. And you mean and ugly. So I rebuke you. I know it's, it's I, I, so I have to be honest with God about my heart. Because God knows thoughts and hearts. God can read your mind. If you're sitting next to somebody that you care about, raise your hand. You sit next to somebody you care about, raise your hand. Okay, hallelujah. Aren't you glad they can't read your mind? Bro, you can you can nod. You can just bro, bro, you don't have to nod. You can just you can just wink. You can just Aren't you glad your mama can't read your mind. Some of us got popped for what our mama thought we meant. I could tell on your face. I was thinking if you could only read my if you could read my mind, you'd know. You'd be tripping on the stairs. What I'm saying to you is God can know your thoughts. And he's actually recording it. This is hard, Elder Clark. This is hard. The Bible says that we'll have to give an account for every thoughtless word. You ever been watching a pro game, bro, and you see somebody do something stupid on the field or on the court, and you think to yourself, dude, there's cameras everywhere. How did you think you were going to get away with that? Beloved, every word we say is being recorded. Ooh. Let's ask God to forgive us right now so he can erase the tape. <laughs> Aren't you glad the Bible says he casts all sin into a sea of forgetfulness and remembers it no more? Let's do, a, let's do a disc erase real quick. Lord, forgive us for everything we said. Everybody just wave. Lord, forgive me for what I said. Lord, forgive me for that I cussed yesterday. Lord, forgive me for that word. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, the disc is erased. No, I need you to clap. The Bible says, blessed is the person whose sin is covered. No, I need you to praise God that we just erase your disc. If nothing else happened, your disc got erased because you said something yesterday that you had no business saying. Not only does God, his heart, the personality of God, and the perspective of God, is that not only does God listen, but it's possible for God to have regrets. Elder Noah said, the Bible says in Genesis about Noah that God regretted that he had made human beings 
on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. Anybody in this room have a regret? Let's be honest. Raise your hand. You have a regret. No, no, no. Wave at me so I know you are honest. Oh, Pastor Andy, I've got some regrets. It's okay because God had regret. God's heart was actually troubled. To agree with God, we have to come to grips with the personality of God and the perspective of God that if we go too far, God can almost question why we're even here. I'm constantly saying, Lord, let my good outweigh my bad. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart. Lord, on a regular basis, I'm saying, Lord, if you let them kill me, who's going to praise you? Lord, who's going to give? Who's going to sow? Who's going to be faithful? Lord, I don't want you to regret that you even sent me here. The Lord said, I'm going to wipe everybody off the face of the earth. This is the story of Noah. I don't know how much you believe it, how much you, uh, but I, I, I think the story is apropos to the personality of God and the perspective of God and the power of God. For him to say, I'm killing everybody. This is a part of the personality of God. He's a loving God. He's a merciful God. He's slow to anger. He's abounding in compassion and mercy. And his grace is sufficient. At the same time, he'll get mad and want to kill everybody. It's not the first time. It's the same God. Read your Bible. <laughs> The Lord's anger is slow, but it's real. And I think it's something for us to discuss. Gentlemen, in this sugary, overly sensitive, scared to hurt anybody's feelings world, in which we are halfway terrified for anybody to come to grips with any kind of anger, but not all anger is bad. God got angry. God can get angry. I don't want to make God angry. God can get angry. Verse 8, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. No matter what's going on in the wickedness around you, no matter what's happening in the world you live in, no matter who all is upsetting the personality of God and his power and his perspective, his purpose, no matter who is thwarting God's purpose, no matter whether or not you can predict God or not predict God, if the Lord says, Jacob, have I loved Esau, have I, if the Lord decides to send his reign on the just or the unjust, if the Lord decides to bless somebody that you think has no business being blessed, regardless of the personality of God, one of the things of God's personality and purpose and power, his perspective and his predictability and unpredictability is in all of the mess, you can find favor with God. I speak favor. I speak Noah favor over all of us 
in the name of Jesus. I speak the favor of Noah over all of us in the name of Jesus. I just right now speak a Noah blessing over all of us in the name of Jesus Christ. I speak favor on us. I speak it, I speak it for all of us who are reading the paper and watching the news and looking at the world, looking at the storm and looking at the heat and thinking about the climate and thinking about the thinking about revelations and thinking about the world and is it about to be destroyed? Beloved, I just want you to know it's absolutely possible to find favor with God. Anybody believe in God for favor? Anybody believe in God for favor? My prayer is that we will acknowledge that favor with God can be found. That it is possible even in your imperfection to find favor with God. Even though you don't always do right, you can find favor. Even though you don't always say the right stuff, you can still find favor. Even though you don't know exactly where you're going, you can still find favor. And favor is one word away. All you need to have favor with God is Faith. Faith is your equalizer. Faith is the thing that gets counted as righteousness. Faith is the thing that so moves God that even when you ain't right, and even when you don't talk right, and even when you don't do right, and even when you don't act right, God likes faith in him so much that God has a thing for faith in somebody. If you believe he's able, if you believe he's got a plan, if you believe he's talking to you, if you believe your ladder will be greater, if you believe that the God you serve is able to deliver you, if you believe that what's coming is better than what's been, God will look at you and say, look at them believing in spite of the circumstances. God just like faith. They asked Jesus, what must we do to do the works that God requires? And Jesus says, the work of God is this, to believe. To believe. It's not to be perfect. It's not to be perfectly holy because your righteousness is as filthy rags. It's not to do everything right all the time. It's not to always make all the right decisions. It's not to never make no mistakes. That's not what it is. It is for you to turn your face to God and say, Lord, I still believe that you are able to deliver. I still believe that you are able to bless. I'm about to go in here. I have been turned down for five positions. 
positions. I'm about to go in here and apply for the sixth one because I believe that God has a plan for my life. I believe that I'm getting ready to go somewhere. I believe that what the Bible says is true. I believe that he said he'd make me the head and not the tail above only and not beneath. I believe that I will be at the top and not at the bottom. And I might be at the bottom right now, but I know a scripture that says the last shall be first and the first shall be last. So if I'm last now, I'm about to be first. God about to turn this thing around for me. If you have an attitude like that, God like that. God just got something in his heart for folk who just think he can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. God just got something in his mind about somebody who's sitting there waiting for God to show up, saying, that's all right, God's about to show up. That's all right. It look like I don't have that, but God's about to show up. What? They said, no. Yeah, yeah. Well, hold on a second. Let me have a little talk with Jesus. Let me talk to my God because the God I serve is able to deliver me. Listen, Nebuchadnezzar, the God I serve is able to deliver me. And you know what? He will deliver me. Out your hands. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he would talk against the armies of God? I don't have to have the right armor. I don't have to have the right sword. I don't have to have the right shield. Just give me my sling and a couple of stones because I believe that my God is able. I believe that he can do anything but fail. Who am I talking to in this room? I have found that what is required for favor is faith. And it's why you're in this room. It's why you're watching around the world. It's because somewhere deep down on the inside, there's something you just won't let go. There's a part of you that's like, I can't let go till he bless me. There's a part of you that's like, well, I might as well pray. There's a part of you that's like, well, I might as well trust God because he's able. I want you to know that nugget of faith makes God pay attention. People in this book were not perfect people. The people in this book were people who heard God and believed. And all you have to do is be a believer. And you can find favor. And I pray for favor on you on a regular basis. And I pray for favor on you right now. I pray that favor will rest on you. I pray that favor will rest on you so thick that it'll get on your children's children. I pray that your children's children will have stuff working for them that they can't even really explain. As a matter of fact, the reason why I know it's possible to pray for this is because there are people in the room with me right now that you are walking in prayers that you did not pray. Something has worked for you. Some foul, the door opened for you. You aren't necessarily walking in your own favor. You walking in your mama's prayers. You walking in your granddaddy's prayers. It's favor. I'm praying that as a result of your faith in God, that favor will chase you down. Because the first main lesson of Noah, 
It's not just that God has this personality and we've got to agree with God and the thing that's unique about Noah, and I'm done. The thing that's unique about Noah, I'm not done, but I'm, I'm out of time. But the thing that's unique about Noah is Noah is the one dude in this moment who was able to agree with God. And I want to challenge you this morning, beloved, in spite of the circumstances, agree with God. A kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. A house divided against itself cannot stand. It is almost impossible for you to have God in your house and you don't agree with him. And God can only do but so much if you won't agree with him. He can only give you but so many promises if you won't agree. He said, I got a plan for you. It's not to harm you. It's to give you hope and a future. He said to you that he'll bless you in the city. He'll bless you in the field. He'll bless you when you come. He'll bless you when you go. He said, if you seek the kingdom first, I'm quoting scripture to somebody. He said, if you seek the kingdom first and my righteousness, everything else will be added unto you as well. And all we have to do is believe. Now, God, I pray that you'd make us believers and not doubters. God, I pray that your anointing would rest on us. I pray, God, that not only will you put favor on us, but that our faith would come alive. I pray we would give in faith, believing. I pray that we would move in faith, believing. I pray, God that our faith would speak louder than our fears. Forgive us for every thoughtless word. Oh, we can say those words are cuss words, but what they really are, God, is doubt words. When we spoke doubt and we spoke fear and we talked about what you couldn't do, God, forgive us. You are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And like Noah, God, we want to just agree with you. Tell us it's going to rain, we believe you. We're done arguing with you, we'll believe you. We'll trust you. Put our lives in your hands. You do all things well. Thank you for living so big in us today. Thank you for your anointing that destroys the yoke. Use us for your glory. Saturate us with faith. Saturate us with favor. Lord, if I did an altar call for faith, I wouldn't even be able to pray because I need more faith as the labors increase. Lord, in the room, charge us with faith. Across the screens, charge us with faith. May the faith of God, not just faith in God, but the faith of God, the faith that calls those things that be not as though they were. 
May that faith come alive in us right now. Restore our faith and connect us with favor. And we'll praise you in Jesus' name. We all sit together. If you heard a word from the Lord, let me get you to give. No, don't clap. <laughs> I always get you to clap. If you heard a word from the Lord, let's give to the work of the kingdom of God. This is our building fund offering, and uh, you're donating toward Victory Park. We're on our way out of here. We're on our way to a wealthy place, and uh, we are moving quickly and I'm supposed to break ground in another month or so, and, and uh, we are on schedule, on task, and, uh, and we know we've, our lease is up. In this space and beloved we have maximized the ministry in this space we have been in this space here for 10 years and uh, we've been in RTP now since 2007 but this space here we moved into this sanctuary in 2012 and we've done all kinds of ministry in this space, jammed this space out two and three and four times and have baptized and people have gotten saved in these spaces. And what has happened now is we've just reached a plateau in this ministry, in this, in this space. The space is now limiting us from being able to do everything that God is calling for us to do. And so we are on our way to our own home. And uh, you can take that picture and you can, you can uh, give through, the, through that portal or you can raise your hand and one of somebody will come and give an offering envelope. We're about to pass the bucks in just a second, but we're on our way out of here and uh, on our way to this Victory Park, and we're building a sanctuary, and uh, really it's a building that's about 100,000 square feet. We're gonna have a sanctuary around this size, and uh, but then the rest of it is just gonna be basketball courts and sports arena and a place for kids and and uh, and, and fields on the outside and, and counseling center space and guidance counseling, and it's gonna be a place in which it's gonna be our new home, and we're gonna praise God, and we're gonna have a worship center second to none there, and uh, we're going to broadcast kingdom to the world from that space, but also we're going to minister to the community from that space. And I need you to help me as we walk by faith and not by sight. And so whatever you give in this offering is going to World Overcomers. And uh, everything you give is going to the kingdom of God. And if you're watching around the world, I need you to join with me and give. And, uh, and, and be faithful to give to the house of God. And uh, the Bible says that if you give to the poor, you'll lend to the Lord. And so not only are you just giving to the church of God, and the Bible says to bring the tithes and the offerings to the storehouse so that they could be meat in the house of God. And, uh, oh, God don't need my money. You're right. God doesn't need your money, but the house does. The church does. The kingdom does. And we are fighting a battle to establish a work and we, we've established a work, but now we are about to take territory that's going to count for God. It's going to be right on 70, and we're going to have curb appeal and, and all of it. Well, stuff, all the things that we don't have here, parking that's not interrupted and, and signage and all the stuff. And for all of you that come to this church and how you found us, thank you for making fine. Thank you for following the map. But, but the, the new space is just going to be everything that we have needed. And, uh, and don't get me wrong, we've done amazing ministry here, but the time is, is up. It's time for us to get out of this building, and, uh, and so we're on our way. And so your giving goes to that. That's the vision. 
and uh, appreciate you for your faithfulness. Come on, let's pray. Lord, thank you for this opportunity that we have to give. God, we know that you said in your word that you would bless our basket and our store. And so, God, not only are we believing for our through our tithes, but God, also through our offering, we give above and beyond just what we owe you. We give above and beyond our tithes. We give an offering to your house, and we're believing you for exponential blessing. We're in this room and around the world, the global World Overcomers membership group, we come together and we're establishing this building here in Durham and then God after that the best is yet to come and so we bless you for what you're doing have your way in us kingdom of God come in us will of God be done in us right now in Jesus name we all sit together God bless you as you give as the bucket passes you just stay on your seat for just a second let all these faithful armor bearers and gatekeepers come and just serve you and gentlemen if you'd like to serve we need men to serve and continue to help serve it's not hard at all for you to join and be a part of the gatekeepers and the armor bearers and and uh, it's something that we only let men do we feel like this is a time for men to be counted and seen in the church and and uh, we let women do all of the leading and everything in the church for so much. And it's time for men to really lead. And so men have been leading at World Overcomer since we started it. 48% of our church is men. So gentlemen, if you would like to serve, just a blue shirt is the beginning. But we need you to volunteer. All of our areas of ministry still need volunteers. And uh, from media to children's ministry to gatekeepers to care, uh, all of it. And uh, as I said earlier, you're not just here to be served, but to serve. Amen? And it's your time and your tithe and your talent. And so if you've got a talent, you've got a gift, we want you to be able to use that for the work of the kingdom of God. Perhaps you have come to the kingdom for just such a time as this. And we are excited that you gave. All right, jump on your feet. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. 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 Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation, so full, so free. Thank you for this crowd that gathered. They're, they're too great to number. Thank you for everyone that they represent. We pray that favor would be on them so thick that it would even touch their parents and their children and their grandchildren and their neighbors. God, we pray that the world will be blessed through us. Thank you for everyone that watched this service and everyone that will watch this sermon. God, we pray that your anointing would touch them wherever they may be. God, we pray, as we always pray, that you will bless your people, that you will strengthen your people, that you will feed your people, that you'll put grace on your people, that you'll put favor on your people. And we pray, God, that, that your grace will be sufficient for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And God, we pray that the words of our mouth, thank you that we erased our disc today, and the meditations of our heart will be acceptable in your sight. Oh God, our rock, our redeemer, we love you. In Jesus' name, we all sit together. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for coming to church today. Thanks for tuning in with us today. See you next week. 
Hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message. Visit www.worldovercomers.church podcast for more information on WOCC and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.